Welcome to Word on the Street, a weekly podcast from Barclays UK, where our experts help ordinary investors make sense of the latest news and events impacting the world's financial markets. This week, we look back on the last few months of economic and political volatility, how investments have fared during this time, and what investors can do about it. With Claire Francis, Savings and Investments Director, Rob Smith, Head of Behavioural Finance, and Will Hobbs, Chief Investment Officer. If you are new to investing, want to learn more about investing, or want tips on how to manage your long-term financial plans, check out our sister podcast channel, Money Plan, available on Apple, Spotify and SoundCloud. Hello and welcome to this week's Word on the Street. I'm Claire Francis, Savings and Investments Director at Barclays, and today I'm joined by Will Hobbs, Barclays Chief Investment Officer, and Rob Smith, our Head of Behavioural Finance Now, as a former journalist, I love a busy news day, and we've certainly had our fair share of those recently, and it's not showing any signs of abating. This week, the headlines have been dominated by the US midterm election, and there's also speculation about what the Chancellor might announce in next week's budget. It looks likely that pensions will go up in line with inflation after all, which will be a huge relief to many. But also being mooted are other possible tax changes, including potentially changing capital gains tax, a move likely to be less popular, especially among investors. We're not going to be analysing these in detail specifically today, but instead what we're going to be doing is focusing on how all of this news impacts our investments. One of the things I think a lot of people find challenging when it comes to investing is making it tangible. You invest in a fund or you buy shares in a company, but then what? What does your money actually go towards and do? And certainly when stock markets are volatile, the value of your investments might have fallen and the near future continues to be uncertain. It can be even harder to rationalise the reason for investing and see what your investments are doing for you. Will, can we bring you in here and, and, and thank you for joining me today. Now, I know it's important not to focus on short-term performance when it comes to investing, but it's been a a really tough year for investors, hasn't it? And if we just look back at the last quarter, so much has happened. We've had three prime ministers, inflation's continued to reach new highs, interest rates have risen further. And if we look further afield, the war in Ukraine continues, as do fears about other major economies such as the US and China. So if if we take a look at the investment portfolios we manage here at Barclays, how have they fared through all of this? Hello. And it's a a difficult question to start with. Um, I mean, there's like you say, there's been no shortage of kind of red, red meat for tabloid, you know, headline for headline writers, full stop around the world, have there? And um, this year, uh, I mean, if you wanted to single it down to one big thing it is that you know for investors the the key force has been the the sort of surge in unexpected interest rates we've said this many times but if you're looking at the us which remember is still everything for investors almost nothing else matters and there you have hundreds of basis points of extra interest rate rises basis points that simply weren't on the plan for 2022 being very rapidly force fed into the us economy the same is true in varying degrees uh, or varying mostly lesser degrees elsewhere. So why this massive kind of monetary outside interest rates going up and sort of, you know, this 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 kind of so-called tightening? Well, the answer is inflation. We can go into it, but we've been, been into it many times on this podcast. But, you know, as you know, inflation has continued to linger, partly due to the distortions of the pandemic, the policymaker response around the world. Also, the war in Ukraine has contributed. From an investor perspective, that has meant that stock and bond markets have 
been plunging together, making some of the sort of most horrible investor outcomes in what we call risk-adjusted terms for those constrained to just those markets. So that's true, for instance, of our global markets range, which you can find, uh, you know, the one you can find on our ready-made investments tab, uh, for example. These and others like it that are uh, limited to just stock and bond markets, they've had a really tough time, particularly the lower risk profiles. The good news is that the longer-term story there for that um, for that product range for us is still good relative to the competition and good in absolute terms. That's what we're aiming to do. But the better news for us is that in terms of our product range is that the bits with the more of the team's expertise in it, which is you know a great message to be able to give. That's the bit that uh, you know the so-called full fat, the BUK best in class. That's really benefited. This product range has really benefited from the additional asset classes, so commodities um, and a group of uh, hedge funds, roughly speaking, um, that our in-house uh, group of experts assembles. Uh, and again, the long-term story is the bit I really pay or we really pay attention to because luck good or bad plays role in performance, you know, investment performance in the short run, but the trick is repeating it. Therefore, I, you know, I'm very lucky to represent Masquerade as leader for such a sort of a high, uh, high quality investment team here at Barclays. And I guess with that in mind, it's from the investor point of view and perspective, it's important to be holding your nerve and staying in for the long term and, and not being rattled and sent off course by what's happening in the short term in the here and now. You mentioned, Will, the US. You said nothing else matters. You know, we saw the elections last night. The markets have been quite wild either side. So what's the likely impact going to be there, do you think? Because, as you also mentioned, interest rates over there have have gone up significantly. And uh, if we've got elections there as well, what do you think that's going to mean for investors looking to sort of short, medium term? Yeah, I mean, often sort of elections get a lot of airtime on kind of investor news channels. The reality, you know, most elections don't really tend to shift investor expectations around too much. And there's good studies to sort of back that up. Our very own Sean Markowitz talked very eloquently about that in a couple of podcasts ago. We still don't know the exact configurations here. However, the big stories, as you mentioned, the big stories from the US to pay attention to to come from what lies ahead for the US in the months ahead is really about the central bank and what gathering effects we will begin to see as a result of what they've done so far. That's, you know, massive changes in US and therefore global monetary policy. And, you know, if you think about the political side, the majority of what's called the fiscal headwind, that's the hole in government spending in year on year terms, as you don't, quite a lot of it anyway, repeat the various pandemic rescue and uh, regeneration uh, packages, that headwind is actually mostly swallowed by the economy now. Um, So it's really all eyes on the the Federal Reserve. And that's really, as an investor, what I'd really keep an eye on rather than political side of things. And with that in mind, Rob, I think understandably a lot of people are very nervous at the moment because you know we're not the experts you know <laughs> will you, you said you know keep an eye on on the fiscal policy but but for a lot of it you know we can only really know what we read about and hear about and i think some people are questioning whether now's the time not only to invest new money but even to stay invested from a behavioral perspective what would you say and how how can we support people who might be for very valid reasons, finding it very difficult at the moment. That's yeah, I mean, hi Claire, and that's a very good, a very good question. I think I'd almost start by touching on on the point that you know, as investors, as individuals, we have a slight tendency to believe that the times 
that we're in may be more extreme than they actually are when we look at it in the context of, of history. And so if we think about long-term investing, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come to Will here and put him on the spot in a minute, but Will, Will obviously is a big fan of economic history, so can probably give me a bit of context here. But in terms of what we're seeing now, clearly there is a lot of uncertainty and it feels like, you know, we had a period where there was not a huge amount of economic kind of macro uncertainty. And then suddenly we've got a lot of layers, a lot of moving pieces. And I guess the key is some of them are very tangible to us as individuals, which make them feel even more important. You know, the amount of prime ministers we've had in a short succession, you know, no one can escape that. And it feels like that is adding to this uncertainty. But whether that really impacts the economic landscape over the long term and actually whether it impacts the long term investing story, which is, you know, are these times so much out of the ordinary that it that it breaks down our our model of actually we should still be long term investors. You know, I'll come I'll come to to Will, but I you know I don't think they're necessarily we are in those times that are so extreme that it's going to ask those questions of should we actually even be investors at all? Will, how much out of the ordinary is this, or have we seen similar before? Well, do you know what we were, Claire? We were talking about this the other day. I mean, we were saying for many years, Rob and I. He was reminding me of when we were going around counselling, sort of, you know, beware of thinking you're living through kink in your times. Beware of thinking that, you know, that that's a natural behavioural instinct. Uh, most of the time, this is just, you know, part of the course of history. But it does feel there is evidence gathering a bit more recently that we're living through something a bit more durable. You know, the pandemic may have changed us more durably. There are interesting, you know, positive and negative things to come out of that. You know, if you think about the technological leaps forward, we took our understanding, I think, of things like mental health have come a huge way forward. And I still think from a from an investor standpoint, that's still what you've really got to, just got to keep an eye on is that sort of that, te- that technological horizon moving forward. You know, do you think that's over or not? And that's really, you know, always the thing that I keep an eye on. And uh, the thing that I would caution against is assuming that these moments of unrest, you sort of, you know, the tendency is to automatically extrapolate downwards. I remember very much, you know, the conversations Rob and I were having with the investment team when we were looking across with regards to the beginning of the pandemic and looking across at, you know, the suffering in the scenes in Northern Italy at the time. And people were extrapolating that just to the entire world without any thought of what could happen in terms of, you know, counteracting policy or drug developments or so on. Uh, and it's important, and as it was in that instance, to remember that things can go, always go, also go right as well as wrong, and that these moments of turmoil can often be, that's where answers are found, not just technological, but institutional and otherwise. So these are, can be moments of advance, not regress. I think back to your original question, Claire. So as investors, the most difficult thing that we have is the things that are driving our perceptions of, of risk tend to be quite different from, you know, the the length of time horizon that we have and that we should be invested over. So, you know, the news, the daily news cycle, what's going on in, in, in the political environment, the economic environment, you know, on a day or a monthly or even a yearly basis is what's forming our perceptions of, of risk. And especially when there's a lot of uncertainty around that time frame gets brought in, you know, our, our emotional time horizon gets drawn in even further and becomes even more disconnected from our what should be our long-term actual investment time horizon. And so it makes it even harder to be you know, invested because it feels like it's, it's just such an awful place to be and you're not necessarily moving towards those long-term objectives. But I think what's important, and I mentioned last week, is just to reflect on and, and be aware of, try and as much as you can anyway, is, is to be aware of 
what is it you're feeling and what's kind of driving those feelings. And as an investor who's looking at performance right now, it's difficult. You know, and one of the things to be aware of is what's anchoring, you know, where are you, where are you looking to, to get information to make a decision on what you should do? And you know, if you look at a portfolio year to date, almost no matter what you're invested in, apart from possibly you know, com- some of the commodities spectrum, you know, you'll be looking at red numbers. But the reality is that year to date figure is, you know, a very small subcompartment of what is your longer term time horizon. So, you know, we need to be aware of using information and, and things that is either come easily to hand or we're kind of tilted towards kind of framing our thoughts around those points. So, you know, I guess year to date performance is a, is a classic one or, or one year performance. You know, those are the numbers that are often presented to us and the things that we are attracted to because they're the most recent. But I think the focus for us has always really been on talking about, you know, the, there's there's a time to invest. There's never the time to invest. And I think by that, what I mean is if you are sitting there thinking that there is, you know, always or there will be a, a perfect time to get into the market and be an investor. You know, I, I think you'll be sitting there for a long time and, and waiting because it is a it is an emotionally difficult thing to do over the short term. And that that really can only be known with perfect hindsight, which unfortunately uh, no one has. So, you know, we try and frame things as there's a time to invest um, as a long term investor. And actually, yes, obviously, there are different outcomes from here. But in in, in some ways, you could say that where we sit today, it looks like a better time to invest than it did, you know, uh, six, nine months ago. Yeah. So I guess for those that already invested, it's trying to sort of remind yourself why you're doing it and looking forward, Will, you know, the rationale for investing, that long term reason is still there, isn't it? Despite the current uncertainties, the reason to invest remains as valid as ever, doesn't it? Where, so where are you seeing the opportunities at the moment in terms of the near term growth? How are you adjusting portfolios and where we're investing? Well, I mean, Claire, you're right. I think it is an attractive time to invest. I mean, one of the things I would say that's pretty self-serving, isn't it? But I, I actually <laughs> weirdly believe it. Uh, I do believe it also because there's two things really to think about. You know, one is Rob's point, which you just made, which is that if you think of, you can think of a sort of, you know, the, the, the best of what we offer, the diversified funds and portfolios, one-stop shop stuff, you know, that we and our competitors offer, that is meant to get the entire global workforce working on behalf of your savings day and night as effectively as possible. And the key driver to our earlier discussion of that, that the growth, uh, you know, that global workforce being successful on your behalf of, you know, on behalf of your savings uh, is about technological advances and how those assimilated, you know, are assimilated into the global workforce and their, you know, their output. And, you know, my sense is if we're in this kind of interregnum, you know, a sort of quiet period between the ICT revolution, you know, the, you know, all the wonders of everything we're communicating with now and, you know, the productivity gains that came from there and the, you know, the artificial intelligence revolution that lies ahead, you know, which can cover all sorts of things, really, from drug development to, you know, every conceivable angle, really, in terms of what it could do for efficiency and fresh ways of looking at massive load, you know, massive batches of data, whatever you want to imagine. I, I think those things are pretty exciting. And that's really what you want to, you know, want us doing. And, and I'm very lucky, you know, we're, you know, Rob and I were part of a very big, extremely high quality group of specialist teams who focus on different bits uh, of those multi-asset class funds and portfolios and make sure that they're entirely just perfect exactly as we want on our many treasured clients behalf so yeah it's a 
can I just say it's a great job? But I, I do think like if you're thinking that this is those markets are that, then the price falls of this year. That means that the essentially the expected returns of that batch of assets for people who haven't invested, it's not so good for people who are already in, but the expected returns from this point should be a little bit higher. Uh, because your bond yields are high, your expected returns from stocks are higher. And like I say, I think there's that carrot of that incoming industrial revolution, which will uh, transform many aspects of the economy. I wouldn't want to be too specific on how I target it, but I just want to make sure that I get as much of the world working on behalf of my savings day and night as, as possible for as long as possible. Um, I think one of our one of our bankers had a lovely saying. He said, the best time to plant uh, an oak tree is 20 years ago, but second best day is today. And I think that's true of savings as well. You've just got to sort of have as much time in the market as possible. So it's time and it's the point, you know, it's spreading your money, isn't it? It's that diversification. So you've got exactly. exposure in all different parts of the market as well. Exactly. Exactly. No, that's exactly right, Claire. So to finish off, just a really quick one, Will, message to anybody who is currently feeling jittery, feeling nervous, what would you say? Totally understandable. We all feel it when we look at markets. Don't forget seasoned full-time professionals whose job it is. But when we look at markets jumping around all day, it's an unnerving experience. So, I mean, of course, you're not going to feel differently. I think the main thing is that, you know, at least with some of your savings, we believe that it's good to have, you know, whether it's us or someone else or, you know, another team, but full-time professionals doing this because it's a full-time job. I really believe that very strongly. And I think that's why it's worth charging what we charge for the sort of the best of the best of the funds we offer because yeah it is a it's a very challenging job being an investor and staying cool at these times so just keep your and i think the main you know the person to listen to is rob uh, on this you know about keeping those horizons as far out as possible and making sure that you're remembering why you invested which is like i say to access that long term productivity story in the you know it's almost glacial sometimes uh, but it could be about to speed up and you've got to be in it to win it in that point so it's not about timing the market in and out. It's just about being there for as long as possible, being as exposed to humanity's upside for as long as possible. And in history, that is the message from history is that that's always been quite a, you know, tended to be quite a good bet. Thank you. Thank you both very much. Thanks for listening. And we hope you'll join us again for next week's Word on the Street. But for now, goodbye. All investments can fall as well as rise in value and their past performance is not a reliable indicator of future performance. This podcast is not a personal investment recommendation.